What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Twisted Youngins, the most orthodox show on the globe. And as always, I am one of your hosts, Myra B. King. And this is Desi Dez. And it's your boy Mojo in the building. We have a special guest with us today, ma'am. Let the people know who you are. Yes, yes. Well, first of all, thank y'all so much for letting me be on this show. And of course, I just want to give glory to God for letting me be here and get this opportunity to share with you guys. Um, but my name is Yasmin Whitehurst. I'm a 25-year-old. Sorry, y'all. This is the first time I ever introduced myself as 25. <laughs> I am um, a graduate of Alabama State University. I currently live in Shreveport, Louisiana, where I was born and raised, the great, great 318. And um, I've had a pretty extensive time in college, and I believe that's where most of uh, the work that God has done in my life has stemmed from. So I just pray that I can share this with you guys today and, you know, help somebody out who might be in the same type of situation. Now, were you always um, a follower of Jesus Christ? So I grew up in the church. I definitely did. But, you know, I did confess with my mouth that Jesus was Lord, but I didn't believe it in my heart. So I would just say, you know, I, I knew who Jesus was, but I was not walking with Jesus. Mm. I just started this journey um, where I was seriously bringing Jesus into my life a year ago, last June, 2021. Okay. Nice. And uh, so, uh, go ahead. Did you have something to say? Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, what was it like growing up out there in Shreveport? Because I hear there's a lot of voodoo going on out in that area. Oh, man. I would say... Um, most of the voodoo that you see in Louisiana is more like Southern Louisiana. Mm. Um, well, I didn't, you know, like New Orleans, Baton Rouge, areas like that. So I didn't really grow up around a lot of it. My family's not really into it for real. Um, like I said, all I knew growing up was go to church, praise the Lord, go home, go to school. Okay. So you grew up in a two-parent household? No, just with my mom. And I was actually raised by my grandmother, but I did um, spend a lot of time with my mother as well. Okay. Did you play any sports? I danced. Well, I would say that I, I I do dance, but yeah, that was about the only sport that I did. I mean, I ran track in um, middle school. I hated it. I was good at it, but I, I, I don't like running. Me and running just don't mix. Okay. So, okay. So you end up going to, uh, what you said, Alabama State? Yes. Yes. Okay. I actually started at LSU. And then okay, I went to LSU. Okay, so how was LSU? What was that experience like? Oof. That was something serious. I mean, it was a very big eye-opener for me, um, being that I did, I was raised in the hood, but I always went to, like, less dominantly Black schools. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I was kind of exposed to being in a the PWI-type environment, but... I always had that root in my people. So, you know, going to LSU was like a huge turnaround because I was able to see how separate I really was. And, you know, they they didn't fail to make me feel separate. Um, and I'm not, you know, blaming them or anything, but that's just the environment. You know, I think the population is maybe like seven or eight percent black. Mm -hmm. So just imagine what that looks like on campus. Um, and I knew that I went when I went to college, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be, um, you know, in organizations and I wanted to lead and do the same types of stuff I was doing in high school. But that environment just wasn't it wasn't pr producing that it wasn't nurturing to me. Um, so I knew instantly that I wanted to transfer. But my mom made me go. 
I really didn't want to go after orientation and they hit the whip nay nay. I was really upset and I was ready to go that day, but she made me go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a very vivid memory. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, after that, I mean, that, that after that first semester, I knew that I wanted to transfer. And since Southern was right around the corner, I was like, yeah, that's going to be the place that I go. So, okay. So what led you to join a sorority? You seem you have like a good level headed shoulder level head on your shoulders, not just educational wise, but street wise as well. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting here talking to you. Um, what, how did that come about? So I believe it has a lot to do with my childhood. Um, I grew up, I was the only child. Um, so I didn't have much of that inclusiveness that I wanted, the sisterhood that I wanted. Um, and I definitely felt ostracized a lot because I'm just, I was always different. You know, I always wanted to do things my own way. And, you know, the way that I thought was just different to other people. So I was kind of like an outsider, but still quote unquote popular at the same time. But I was a loner. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I felt that whenever I went to LSU, I saw, you know, the different sororities and organizations on campus. That was my first time seeing them because I wasn't introduced to that in school. Um, it really attracted me because I liked how they moved as a group. I liked how they did work and service on campus. You know, I was very interested in that because I was always in the community service. I used to do my own service projects back home. Um, so I was like, okay, this seems like this is something that I would really enjoy. And then it's black people, you know, like I said, coming into LSU, I didn't find much of that, that inclusiveness within my community. So that was a way for me to kind of join into that. So that's when my interest sparked. And then it kind of just carried on from school to school. Mm. How did you get into it? Because I, I heard a lot of people say, you know, that you can go in there and you can enlist, but a lot of them come to you. You know, they see you out and about in campus. They like the way you move. They're like, hey, you should come get down with us. How did it happen for you? See, it was the other way around. Hmm. It was the other way around. With the organization that I joined, they don't really recruit. You know, that that's kind of abnormal for them um, because most people just want to be in the org anyway and yep. so that's kind of how I was you know I was attracted to them and to the girls that were on the campus and I started to go to their events and I started to ask them questions and I started to you know just make myself seen um, and then I knew other people from back home who did like debutantes and stuff who were a little bit more versed in what they were doing with the sorority life, I started to ask them questions like, hey, what do I need to do to get in? Because I'm trying to be down. And so they ran the game, you know, like you need to show up to these events. You need to let them know who you are. You need to make your face known. You need to, you know, get your service up, make sure your GPA good. And I'm like, oh, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. I'm straight. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing then. And I kept doing what I was doing. <laughs> it was uh so the, the I'm dance sorry, and what was the name of just for the audience? What's what's the name of the organization? Delta, Delta Sigma Theta. Okay. Mm. Can you name like uh, some more? Yeah, you got AKA, um, you got I'm gonna just go through the sororities. You got AKA, Delta, Zeta, um, Zeta Phi Beta, and then uh Sigma Gamma Rho. And then for the fraternities, you have Alpha Phi Alpha, um Kappa Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, uh, Phi Beta Sigma, and Iota Phi Theta. And all together, that makes up the Divine Nine. Okay. Is it the, uh, the fraternity is the men? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Ain't it some Q-Dog? What is the Q-Dog? That's Omega Psi Phi. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 
Ain't nothing wrong with it. So, so uh, for us, the dancing, like that didn't that didn't make you shy away. Well, you said you were a dancer, so maybe you you was intrigued by their little dances they they do at their events and stuff like that. Like you hit most that line. Most definitely. Um, LSU, not so much because they only literally they have like two days out the entire year where they have the ability to stroll on campus. It's called Wild Out Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But at HBCU, you know, it's completely different. Every Wednesday is a function. Every event is a function. So when I got to Southern, it was like a whole turnaround. I'm like, whoa, my mind is blown. Look at how they step in. Look at how they move and look at how they stroll and they run the yard. You know, that's that was the, the the representation of them being the hardest on campus. And, you know, for those who know of the chapter at Southern, they're like known for high energy and just being big and being bold. And that's, you know, the dance in me was like, yeah, that's turn. I'm trying to be a part of that. So no. that kind of solidified what I wanted. What was the initiation process like? Okay, so when I got to state, I ended up crossing in 2019. So this was four years after I actually initially started to pursue. Um, So once I finally got to the initiation process of that, it was like, it was overwhelming. Let Let me say that. It was very overwhelming. And I say that because in my experience, I was actually online for two different organizations at the same time. So I was crossing Tau Beta Sigma National Honorary Band Sorority mm. at the same time as Delta. So my mind was gone. You know, I was busy every single day and I was captain of the dance team at the time. So I literally had no time to sleep. Everything was going over my head. I'm just reading through stuff. You know, I'm doing whatever they asked me to do. Um, wasn't really thinking twice about anything, to be honest, because I just wanted to be down. I knew I had waited four years for this moment. Nothing is going to stop it. And so the initiation, I can vividly remember feeling the tug in my spirit, like something's off about this because no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, nothing. Go, go ahead. Go you. Okay. Um, Cause when we got down to the point where it was about to be, you know, where we was going to get read in, mm-hmm. they started to say stuff along the lines of, you know, this is going to be like a vow and an oath that will follow you into the final day of judgment you're going to have to say, I do. Um, this is a covenant that you're coming into. Um, you know, they had an altar set up with a pillow. And, you know, I'm watching everybody go one by one, you know, saying these words, basically spiritually marrying this this false God that's attached to the organization. Um, you know, getting on your knees before this all these uh, symbols that's representing that God and raising your right hand, putting your hand on the Bible. Like, and I'm like, this something ain't right about this, you know, but at the same time, like I done did all of this four years of hard work trying to get here. The whole process then went by. I didn't almost kill myself to get here. So I'm going to just go with the flow because it can't be too bad. Right. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, what do you think? Keep going. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, no idea. No idea about what? No idea about what. Okay. So at that time, I wasn't really like, like I said, I just came into truly into the knowledge of Christ last year. Mm -hmm. So at that time in 2021, I didn't have the, the, the knowledge and I wasn't girded up enough in my faith to be able to identify exactly what was wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And now looking hindsight, I can see, okay, first of all, we are not to bow down before any other gods. We're not to serve or worship any other gods. We're not to come into covenant with any other gods or any other spiritual deity, you know, and that's why the tug was on my heart in that moment. And, you know, if you just think about how long it took me to get there, all of those were deterrents from God. He was saying, no, you're not going to do it. No, you're not going to do it. I'm going to push the line back. I'm going to send you to another school. I'm like, he kept trying to move me away, but I was ignoring it because I wanted it so bad. And that in itself is covetousness. That's idolatry. Like I'm just, most people, you know, you have to idolize the organization to be in it. That's, I mean, that's just honest to God truth. You have to idolize it because you you have to initially desire it. You see somebody else with it, you covet over it. And then you start to put your efforts into getting into it. Like I said, when you, when you want to be down, you got to show that you want to be down. And so you got to put your time and energy into it. And God was like, no, you're, you're supposed to be putting your time and energy into me. And the organization got everything literally everything and so when i actually crossed i wasn't failing to let anybody know i was a delta like i was the proudest delta out here i'm gonna stroll everywhere i go i'm a road trip everywhere i'm probably visited every chapter in that area i'm gonna go to every party every function i'm gonna put my all into every event i'm gonna make sure i'm at every meeting i want to serve i want to do this and do that and you know looking back on it god was like man you didn't give me none of that time you didn't even have time to get up and pray. You so drained and exhausted, you can't even think to serve me. So how can I bless you when you're giving all of your energy to another deity, essentially? I mean, you know, the deity behind the organization is what we were giving to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even mention it, but it's Minerva. And in Delta, Minerva was openly spoken about if you look at the shield you'll see that minerva is actually at the top of the shield that's a that's a greek goddess Mm -hmm. and you know that's something that most people don't pay attention to but it's like that's a shield that you have to wear over your heart that's a shield that you have to pledge over like think about the the implications of that that's a whole nother god a little g god you know and and I didn't realize at that point in my faith that that was actually going against the word of God. I'm thinking, okay, it's cool. You know, it's based on Christian principles. You know, we're, we're serving, we're doing community service, we're fellowshipping, we're doing the things that look like the work of the Lord. But in all actuality, if you look close and read the fine print, you see that it is not at all. Did you all, did you all, put, did you all have to put your hand on the Bible or you all had your own Bible? I believe we had to put our hand on the Bible that was on the altar. Mm. And how did you feel? Um, so when you uh, eventually crossed over and you, you said you started going to all these parties, like putting your uh, energy and effort into, you know, this God, this goddess, goddess. Um, how did your spirit start to feel? Complete roller coaster. I mean, I went straight downhill. I fell into a very deep depression. Um, I, I actually got suicidal at a point, uh, and it was very soon after, um, that fall semester, I was putting so much time and energy into the organization. And, you know, I was thinking that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But the more I did that, the less energy I had, the less joy that I had, the less peace that I had, it was like stealing the fruits of the spirit. 
And so I didn't really understand what was going on. And I was like, okay, maybe it's because I'm, I'm serving too much. So I stepped to the side, still was getting worse mm-hmm. continuously. And I just, I never understood it. And, you know, even physically with the experiences that I was having, it was just a lot of weird stuff that was going on, um, you know, just with my experience internally in the organization. And it was causing my spirit to be completely conflicted. You know, now looking hindsight, I know that the blessings of the Lord make it the man rich and brings forth no sorrow. So the fact that I was so sorrowful, it showed me that, okay, this wasn't a blessing at all. But I still tried to push through. I'm like, okay, maybe I just need to do something different. Maybe I'm just, I'm in the wrong here and I need to present myself in a different way. Um, but no matter what I did, it never got better. What, what uh, for is the stuff that you got to go through to actually join the uh, sorority? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, what is it, hazing? Or, yeah. You hazing. know, when they tell you, uh, get up at certain three in the morning, go get me a pile. I heard uh, something, it, maybe it's a rumor, but I don't know if it to be true. Like some girl, they, they do stand in line. They got to do a sexual favor to those dudes. Like, is any of this stuff true? Have you heard any of these rumors? I definitely heard it. I didn't personally go through some things like that, but I know of people who have. Um, have like a sexual ordeal to to get into a sorority, mm. and it and it's it's honestly it goes beyond Black Greek letter organizations as well. It's a lot of different organizations that are like that. Anything that you got to really pledge, mm-hmm. you kind of have to submit yourself in that sense. So whatever your big sisters or your big brothers say, do mm. got to do it, or you you know off the line. Go in this room and and and, and suck. Go in this room and have sex with three three dudes. Dang, that's crazy. And I mean, so it's, how it's did the other dude. sisters start to feel like um, it, the the uh, members a part of the sorority? Were you the only one starting to feel depressed and suicidal and overwhelmed, or you know, were other? How was everybody else feeling too? Or were they kind of like going along with it, like? It was a few other people, like the people I was close to. We definitely vented a lot about the way we was feeling. And I I realized it was those of us who were, you know, kind of putting all of our energy into it. And the funny thing about that is that's what we're taught. When you're online, you're taught to work for Delta, put your all into Delta, work earnestly to reach the highest goal. You know, you're you're taught to do those things. It's not encouraged for you to be, they call it a t-shirt wearer, as somebody who's not putting their all into the organization. Um, so, you know, I'm the type of person, I'm diligent, I'm dedicated, I'm a, whatever I sign up to do, I'm gonna do it. So when you do what you sign up to do, you know, we realize this is actually stealing a lot from us. And I saw that not only with the people who I was online with, but the people who came after us, you know, I was trying to mentor and help them through the situations, not even seeing that, man, they going through the same stuff that I was going through, that we was going through. Then the line before us went through the same stuff. And it it just is a continuous flow. But we didn't know that it was a spiritual thing. We thinking, oh, it's just because you just putting in a lot of work. So it takes energy to put work in. So just deal with it. Now, since you've been speaking out about this, how have other uh, sorority members, uh, maybe from different states or different part of organizations, how did they feel about this? Have you received any... uh hate messages or all, oh, you know, the sorority is not like that or, you know, like, have you received any backlash? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, to be honest, most of it has been positive, especially from the line that I was on. 
Um, you know, they were supportive, you know, they understood. Um, but, you know, from people who didn't know me, like who didn't know me personally, they took it as, okay, you're attacking. Okay, you're condemning me. Okay, you're judging me. You're saying I don't love God, you know, but that's not at all what it was. I'm just calling the organization out or the things underneath the organization that we don't see. Um, but I got a few people, you know, who reached out and they were saying, just like what you said, the sorority is not like that. Um, you know, I love God and I still love my sorority. Um, you know, you should stop what you're doing because it's bashing the organization. It's making the organization look bad. And, you know, I, I did my best to remain as respectful as possible, but, you know, I just had to let them know that I'm an ambassador for Christ before anything else. So if something does not align with the word of God, I have the right to call that out. I am commanded by Jesus to call that out. And so when, when we have things in the ritual, such as um, verses from first Corinthians, just completely taken and switched around from God to Delta. That's mm. Whoa, that's what they was doing up in there. They switching Bible verses around. <laughs> Most organizations do that. Most, I, and I mean, from the rituals that I've seen, most of them have some sort of Bible verses in there that switch it around and take God out and put the organization in or make the organization look like the God. It, yeah, it, and it's, it's really sad because um, we don't realize that that's going against the word of God. So what? When, yeah. how, when did you find out that what you were in was wrong? I would say um, last year, about probably a month a month after I really surrendered to Christ, mm. like maybe August September twenty twenty one, and um, I had a I had a friend who actually denounced. Uh, she went to Alabama State too. She was she was an AKA, mm. uh, but she denounced over that summer. And I remember, you know, everybody being in a frenzy about it. Everybody was talking bad about her and saying, oh, she's dumb. She shouldn't have did that. Is she doing too much? And I was like, I'm trying to see what she's talking about, you know, because my sis, she, she know the Lord. So I'm trying to see what did the Lord tell her instead of, you know, bashing her for it. So when I watched her video, I was really convicted and because she was telling the truth. And, um, you know, at that point, I was already over the organization in general because of the experiences that I was having. Um, but that kind of just showed me why, you know, and so that led me to look more and more into it. And at that point, I knew that it was wrong, but I didn't have the conviction to go ahead and leave. I was still trying to be apart and be down, but from a distance. Mm. You know, it took it took me a while for me to really listen to the Holy Spirit and hear him saying, you need to leave. Like, you can't just stop being active. You can't just show up when you want to. You can't just be distant. Like, no, you have to completely separate yourself and break this covenant. And I didn't understand that until I'll say May, the end of the end of this past May. What kind of promises did they make for you? Did they promise you a job or anything like that? Promise you a certain status in society or something like that? Not verbally, but, you know, that's kind of the expectation that most people have when they join the organization. Um, you know, because you see them on campus, like, set apart from everybody else. You know, they strolling by themselves. They the ones who run the yard. Um, everybody pretty much look up to them. Uh, all the dudes want them, you know, they in the highest positions on campus. 
Uh, they go off and they get nice jobs. So that's what you expect. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, a, okay, you join and this is what you're going to get. But it's more so like, this is what I see. So this is why I'm going to continue to do whatever you say do, because I want that thing. Did you, ever, those- did you ever talk to your mother about any of this when you were in school? I mean, not, not on a deep level. I did. Like I told her I was interested and she's always been very supportive of whatever I want to do. Um, but as far as like getting down into the details, no. And she doesn't know anything about Greek life either. So I didn't really even feel the need to talk to her about it because she wouldn't have understood. It's like um, just listen to you uh, explain um, the sorority and uh, the fraternities about how they act on campus, how they're the ones with the power. You just said they hold the highest positions. Everybody look up to them. It's like compare and contrast to like it's almost like a prototype of the, the the club in the world. You know what I mean? It's like these sororities and fraternities get you prepped up so you can take that next level to join the next level, the highest organization, the people that actually kind of like run the world almost. Yeah. Uh, that's what I get. Like as, the masonry. Yeah. Like listen, like listening to you. And the crazy thing is, it's just that you have uh, members of the church. You have member people in the church that are part of these fraternities yeah. and these sororities, and they're, and they're kind of proud of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, do you have you ever witnessed that at your church? Yes, not at my church specifically, but I have definitely seen it in many churches. Pastors will be even in the pulpit preaching the whole message with their letters on. Mm. And it's like you're glorifying it from the pulpit you know what i'm saying Mm. um and i I just i know that they're human you know but at the same time i we all have the responsibility to to dig deeper and to examine things you know what i'm saying because especially as a leader what you do in front of other people people are going to think it's okay and then they're going to walk into it thinking that okay you know my pastor did it or my youth leader did it my minister did it so i can too okay um i have one so who you how often do you read the Bible? Every day. Um, do you know who we are in the Bible? Who we are? Yes, ma'am. What do you mean by we? As far as our ethnicity or, you know, our race. Who we are identify in the Bible. Israelites, like the Hebrew Israelites? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Hebrews, yeah. For Hebrews, yeah. Yeah. Hebrews, yeah. Hebrew Israelites, like, if you're just looking at them as like a... Some people call them a cult or whatever, but you know, yeah. they got different beliefs that that's different from the Bible. But we just saying as, as uh, nationality as who we are is Hebrew Jews uh, of, yeah. of the tribe of Judah. So. Yeah, Ham, Shem, and Jacob. So you you knew that. Hmm. I'm not very familiar with it, but I have definitely come across it. Well, oh, allow okay. us to send you some information so we can get you acclimated. Have you ever heard of a brother named Stephen Darby? Stephen Darby, no. Okay, we're going to try to give you some information to send some over to you so we can try to clarify a few things in your system. Yeah, he's a pastor. About. Absolutely. One of the greatest pastors ever. Absolutely. Top three and not three. Um, <laughs> so my question for you nowadays, in your faith, where are you at now with your faith? Are you Have you fully submitted yourself to God? You, you're not playing any more games anymore? You're fully giving it you're up? not fornicating. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're not fornicating. <laughs> you're not smoking. No, I gave it all up. I gave it all up on May. I have the exact date, May 8th. Because, I mean, I was heavy into all of it. Like, everything that you could imagine. You heavy into fornication, man? Man. 
And how do you get through that? Because Kill that's real. how do you get how do you get through that? I mean, as far as you know, submitting yourself to God and 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 stand away from that lifestyle. You know, the, the fornication is rough. Yeah. You know, that's a big part. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody have thoughts that go through their mind and stuff. Like, how do you contain all the? Um, it's a it's a journey. It is a journey. But the main thing that has helped me is one knowing where my strength comes from. You know, I'm not fighting this battle by myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot, my flesh cannot alone deny these things. I need the power of Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit to work through me and to convict me of things. So I never neglect to uh, acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what helps me too is setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know I don't talk to nobody unless you know what I'm on. Mm-hmm. And I know what you want. You know what I'm saying? especially with, with sexual immorality because that's something that can easily be crossed mm-hmm. easy you know especially if we don't set boundaries ahead of time so and i don't i don't like to and i failed with this one time i don't you know i don't like to be alone with anybody because you know you'd be alone it leads one thing leads to another and boom you done walked out of purity um when i first stopped smoking because i was a heavy smoker when i first started smoking i had to basically separate myself from everybody I knew who smoked. And that was essentially everybody I hung around. So I, I spent a lot of time by myself, just me and God, because I couldn't be around smoke. I couldn't I couldn't even go in a gas station and see a guard sitting behind a countertop. Like I had to throw everything away, no lighters, nothing. Like I, I can't have anything that triggers me because I know that I'm a, be easily influenced to walk back into it. So that that's the main thing that helps me just through all of that is just setting boundaries and then knowing why remembering why I stepped away from these things and what it does to my spirit because all it's doing is opening doors and giving Satan a foothold to work we want to work in my life so I don't want to play with that that's beautifully said that's beautifully said before we get out of here uh can you tell us about some of the dreams you had like dreams when I sleep yeah, yeah, because, yeah, you know, the devil, he come in your dream, especially if you saying you ain't held out and you, you fall in the Lord. So I know you have some dreams. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I For one, I experienced a lot of sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. I'm trying to be careful with my words. I have. But I don't want to come into agreement with that. And I know that those are attacks from the enemy. And yes. during those times, um, I see a lot of uh, I see a lot of things that's going on in my mind that's trying to pull me back to where I was. When I first decided to denounce, I had a lot of dreams about me being in college and being around my former line sisters or being around uh, the party scene. Um, I was driving a lot, drinking a lot, smoking a lot, just doing a lot of this old stuff, and it was trying to arouse my spirit. And I, I remember vividly being separated from the crowd and, you know, I had a choice in my dream to go with the crowd or to go against it. And I realized, you know, if I made the choice in the dream to go with the crowd, that's me coming into agreement with who I was in my past. So I, I try to remain, you know, in that conscious state, even while I'm sleeping, to make sure I'm walking in the way that God wants me to walk. Because if I come into it in agreement in the spiritual world, it's going to manifest in the physical. Um, and then just many other dreams, like, this is a real vulnerable moment, but I have a lot of dreams. I had a lot of dreams. They're not that, that bad anymore, but about girls. Cause I used to like girls. So 
They used to always come and try to arouse me in different ways. Yeah, sex you know? with you. Sex oh, with you in the dreams. Exactly. 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 And, you know, that one, that was really, really big. But praying against those dreams immediately, like God would wake me up in the middle of the night, pray against that, mm-hmm. rebuke that, come out of agreement with that. Because if I sit in it and I allow the enemy to come in my mind and, and mess with me like that, it's like I said, it's going to start to manifest in the physical. And I'm trying to stay away from all of that. Thank you Amen. so much for saying that. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of uh, followers that's going through that, yeah. that they needed to hear that. So that's why I asked about the dreams. Cause you know, a lot of believers, they, they have no dreams. If you follow in Christ, you having dreams. The, the devil right. coming at you. He's not right. just gonna let you go now. Okay. <laughs> you know, he, he had you this up. long. He needs yeah. to keep a hold. Yeah. He, he, he coming with the same old place, same old fornication, same old get you to drink or smoke. Cause he know you used to do it heavy back then. I ain't finna change up now. I'm coming at you every, you know, it's a constant battle, but you, you know, just continue to fight. Yeah. And he know you. you and know? before we, yeah. him, he know what you want. He know what you like. He know exactly how Thank to come so to much. you. So if you were into this, that's what he gonna come to you with. Like you said, the certain dreams that you were having, these were things that you engaged in, because that's what he wants you to get back to. So okay. shout out to you for even, you know, having the consciousness or being aware enough to know that you got to not only rebuke that, you got to stay away from it by yeah. any means necessary. Got a devil say you like them gas. He seen you one of the big booty guys. <laughs> what? No. The ones you like, the one, like, the like, Serena Williams. All the way down to every detail. Like he gonna yeah. do exactly. Right, exactly. Next thing you know, you oh, I messed up. You gotta wake up and pray it off. That's how it'd be. Yeah. Um, what what message would you give to any other woman out here or any women or men, anybody that's dealing with the type of situation you were in? where they're basically, they don't know what to do right now. They don't know if they should give themselves to Christ fully or if they should just, you know, teeter along the line and play either hot or cold and not being, you know, basically be lukewarm instead of mm-hmm. hot or cold. Mm. Okay. Well, first I'm going to try to come with as much grace and love as possible because God loves you exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. But I want to also encourage you that the word says that if we are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, then he will spit us out. You know, God does not want us to be lukewarm. Jesus did not command us to be lukewarm. He said that we must forsake all that we have if we want to be his disciple. So, you know, if you really want to get closer to Jesus and you really want to experience that true peace, that true love, that true joy and all and filling all the voids that you have, because we all have spiritual voids. You know, he wants you to come to him with all of those things. Surrender it all because there's nothing in the world that can fill those voids like Jesus can. And trust me, I done tried it all from new age to witchcraft, to homosexuality, to drinking, to drugs, to smoking, to Greek life, everything you could possibly imagine. I've tried it. And it just, yes, I was deep in witchcraft. Hmm, See, I was asking you about that earlier when we was talking about it earlier. Let's get into that real quick before we get out of here. What form of witchcraft were you into? Were you like Ouija boards or something like that? Or were you over there practicing spells or something like that? See, I wasn't really into the Ouija boards and things, but I definitely was into law of attraction. I was in the manifestation. Um, I was into crystals. I was into heavy in astrology, you know, um, coming into agreement with the zodiacs and the different houses and, you know, paying attention to, you know, where the sun was today and where the moon is tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Trying to come into agreement with my horoscopes. I used to do tarot cards and palm reading. Yeah, I used to get them done. I didn't do them on other people. I didn't get that far. 
No, God right. bless even coming out of it. Because most people that go down that mm-hmm. road, that's a hard road yeah, to come yeah, out and of. And they that- call that being spiritual. Like nowadays, people, they like, you know, the yeah. astrology. And like you said, where the sun, where the moon is, yeah. and all of that. They call that being spiritual. Even you know? just manifestation. Like when you're talking about manifestation, laws of attraction, people do that and be like, they're the most spiritual person in the world. I don't need to connect to God. I got manifestation. I got, you know, astrology and things of that nature. So that shout out to you for even, you know, mentioning that and stuff like that, especially with the tarot card readers. Yeah, there's no need. The to have, yeah, there's no need to have a medium. If you need if you're seeking God, God says, seek me and be you. No, he'll come to you. Ain't no need right. to do a tarot card and try to find another way to get there. Yeah. That's true. Well, man, we definitely yeah. appreciate it. It was a wonder, wonderful testimony. Yeah, share. And thank you for sharing that. Um, a lot of people, they have the testimonies uh, that they have been, you know, in covenant and idolatry and they don't want to come out and say it. They want to worship the Lord in peace and mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to let that light shine. So um, thank you. That's a blessing that you uh, were willing to do that on our platform. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank thank you. you for giving us your time, giving us some of your time. Um, hopefully your future endeavors, obviously, whatever you got going on, may the Lord bless you along your way and keep you going yeah. straight on your path. You got anything you have to promote? Because I, you say you do a lot of uh, uh, giving back to the community and yeah. community organizations, organizing stuff. So you got anything coming up or something? As of right now, I don't have anything that I'm currently like just working on or putting my my hands in. Um, definitely doing some back end plotting. But um, I do have a YouTube channel where I do share more messages and I have been sharing my testimony. Okay. Um, you can follow me on that at Yasmin Reigns. It's also my Instagram page is Y-A-S-M-I-N-E-R-E-I-G-N-S. And I mean, I just try to, you know, share the light of the world, Jesus Christ, with everybody as much as I can, because I went from sharing, you know, the party lifestyle and, you know, the law of attraction and all these other things that I was promoting heavily so now i'm promoting jesus heavily and just sharing what has truly brought me peace and i know it can bring you guys peace too so amen do you celebrate the holidays are you are you celebrating christmas this year i stopped celebrating christmas a while ago i cannot lie so you don't we'll celebrate have to go in okay yeah there you go stay away from you stay away from the pagan holidays <laughs> yeah, okay. man that's what exactly. we're talking about have you ever uh, considered writing a book? I have. That's actually a dream of mine because I've always been a writer since Amazing. I was a young age. I've been journaling since 2010. I got journals that go all the way back then. So, oh yeah, I know- don't don't listen. Don't let it be no dream. Think it a reality. Yeah, people okay? buy that book. That, that, this book, book. That, what you just gave us in the testimony. If you were to put that into a book along with your journals, come on now, spread that message, all girl. The stuff you and her. Oh man, spread that message, yeah. girl. Go ahead. How did y'all get started? Because I love what y'all do. It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's different for everybody. Uh, I think we came from hip hop. We came yeah. from uh, you wanted wanted to cover hip hop, just like a lot yeah, of other people. We started like yeah, wanting to interview artists. Um, well, actually, you know, we started in Chicago. Um, yeah, we got influenced by what they were doing out there. Um, as far as like a uh, different music and wanted to start a platform to help showcase talent. And uh, so, yeah, we started uh, interviewing uh, rappers, uh, strippers. Uh, we weren't followers of the Lord coming into it, but we just wanted to have a platform. Just get their story out. To get, yeah, yeah, we just wanted to have an opportunity because like like uh, there's not a lot of opportunities for uh, artists. Well, people in general, unless you, you know, radio is big, you know, television shows is big. So we wanted to be that. And uh, miraculously now is transitioned over to us. Um, 
shedding more positive messages now. Um, yeah. I, I gave my life to the Lord. What was it? Um, I got baptized this year, but like a little bit before the year was up, that's when I started like getting more into the Bible and uh, knowing the um, getting wanting to know the word more. Uh, my brother of came before me. He actually mm-hmm. started before we did. That's what led us to the mm-hmm. word. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, so. Yeah, I was the last of the few. I was late bloom. I was I was what they what you just described. I was lukewarm. I was out here. I was diving into a whole bunch of Buddhism, Hinduism, Nation of Islam. I was into a whole bunch of things. And then eventually I just, you know, I figured out I kept reading all these books. And I'm like, why everybody keep referencing the Bible? So I just, you know, dig into the Bible at one point in time. Uh, we found a church we went to, like they all got baptized before I did. I was the last one to get baptized. I got baptized in June. Haven't smoked or drank or anything like that since. I've had a sip of wine, obviously, but I'm not sipping liquor anymore, alcohol or anything like that. Haven't smoked any weed, no cigarettes, and I've been celibate for about three months. It's rough, but Praise. pray with the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> pray yeah. with the Lord yeah. and work on it. And that's yeah. what it is, you know, so. um, but yeah, We came a long way. Yeah. yeah. Came a long way. Well, thanks for, uh, you know, uh, acknowledging what we do as well. You know, I'm yeah. glad you like it. This is my sister. Yeah. It's my cousin. Absolutely. And I'm keep it in the family. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we appreciate what you do. Um, we'll get ready.